for the benefit of those with flash photography. Welcome to DreamWork. I am Colin Delaney. In a moment, you will hear the voice of my tag team partner. His name is Cheech, and this is DreamWork. I say holy smokes because usually uh, I, I we record the episode and then I record the intro the next day, but I was like, screw it. I'm going to record the intro right after we record this podcast, and holy smokes. This week, we talk about the British Bulldogs, and I'm just going to say right now, Cheech comes in hot take central right <laughs> pretty early in this thing, and we we ride it. He uh, he gets me on board with his hot take. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. I'm not even sure how it happened, but it happened fast. We are talking about the British Bulldogs in arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. You'll hear it in the championships and accomplishments. No surprises there. Uh, and and a first, a podcast first, which you will get Cheech's genuine reaction to. So uh, a fun episode, a fun listen, a fun talk, a fun watch of matches. And uh, you'll hear it all right now when we talk about the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, and the Dynamite Kid. They are the British Bulldogs. Yep, let's do it. Yeah, buddy. Yo, yo, yo. We are, uh, we are back here. Back in the saddle again, baby. And I am, uh, I am in a new location. I oh. am, I am. We are, we are podcasting from my garage today. Oh, okay. Were you uh, kicked the house? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, a quick, quick backstory, and this is something I go through every week. Uh, my cat doesn't like when I am behind a closed door from him. So. Typically, while we record for a straight hour, my fiance has to uh, distract my cat with treats. But even then, in that straight hour, my cat is usually digging at the door and trying to get in and crying very loudly. So I'm trying something new, and I have myself set up in the garage out here. Okay, I'm still in my exact same setup. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I, we got a new setup. I'm in a lawn chair. I've got my laptop set up, and I am actually in front of me watching a British Bulldogs match while we're recording. It's new for me. Usually, I'm, I have nothing going, but uh, I decided to just throw on some Bulldogs in the background. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I could have that too, but you know, I, I, I don't. I don't need to. That could be your thing. That's fine. That's fine. I've never tried it before. Uh, uh, I'm interested how this is going to go. At some point, you'll probably have me go, ooh, or oh. <laughs> I will say, uh, okay, well, we'll pull it back. Other times we've recorded during, like, Dynamite, where I have it just on mute in the background, and there have definitely been times where I'm like, ooh, but I don't make any noise. Like, if you saw my facials during the podcast, you'd be like, what's he looking at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, uh, I've got my laptop muted, and I've, I put on the British Bulldogs match that I – I wanted to get to, but didn't get to, uh, which I will reveal to you once we go over what matches we watched. Exactly. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I believe we're at uh, championships and accomplishments. Because, I mean, okay. Cheech, preliminary thoughts, brother. Okay, but I mean, also, we kind of missed out. We are covering the British Bulldogs. We're covering Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. The British Bulldogs, which you already know when you click on the th- on on the podcast, but you know we're introducing it formally now after Colin's other formal introduction. Do you know what this this is a first? This is a a, a dream work first this week. Do you know what it is? Do I know what what is? What what the first? This is a first for us. Uh oh, full uh, no uh. 
British? No, we did Mustache Mountain. I don't know them. This is the first time we have repeated a wrestler, Cheech. Oh my goodness! Mind blown. I did not know. Holy shit! And not even not even that far back. Holy crap! I know. Unintentional. Totally unintentional. I didn't realize it. So my YouTube search algorithm is so just uh, tag team centric and it always suggests like, you know, suggested videos. And one of the suggested videos when I was pulling up British Bulldogs matches was a Bulldog and Owen match. And I go, oh, my God, we've repeated the British Bulldog. Oh my gosh, uh, that was a legit reaction from me because we've gone so far out of our way not to do it. But I think we accomplished my goal. Remember my goal was I was like, I want to get at least a year's worth of episodes before we repeat someone. I think we just barely got over that. Yeah, this will be like 55 or 56. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Well, we finally <laughs> did it. We're in, we're in new space. We we're passed in... the threshold. Yeah, now I can do all the Billy Gunn teams I want to cover. Oh my god, all the Claudio teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now that now that the the gates opened, I mean, uh, possibilities are pretty endless. Oh man, that makes me happy though, because remember we wanted to get a Lucha team. We got a Lucha team. This is another British team. We're keeping it very eclectic, people. Yeah, we're moving all around, and we we purposefully didn't repeat wrestlers until this one by accident. But it's a it's a good time for it. And the British Bulldog man, like we covered Bulldog and Owen, which is kind of a wacky one. Uh, before we did the British Bulldogs, like this is the team for the for for Davy Boy Smith. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing in my mind. Here, let's get to preliminary thoughts. Mine was, how have we not done this team yet? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, and I th- like I know we had, I know we had been holding on to it like it had always come up but we were always holding on but yeah I'm just happy we finally got to it. It was one that we I, we danced around and uh, honestly we did Bulldog and Owen first mainly because they were from a weird era where there wasn't a whole lot of tag teams and we were trying to like keep the you know the eras moving we were trying to keep uh, moving with different time frames and different styles of team. And so that's why we did Bulldog and Owen. But yeah, I mean, the British Bulldogs, uh, as you'll hear in championships and accomplishments, are, uh, you know, inarguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Like there's not even, you can't, there's not a human out there who will be like, man, I don't know. They don't make my list. Yeah, that's the thing. They, They were so highly ranked. That it was like, it was always a standby if we ever needed it. Cause it was like, oh, obviously we're gonna get to the Bulldogs at some point. Right. Right. So yeah, my preliminary thoughts. I was excited. I mean, I, as as trash of a human as the Dynamite Kid was, like it's one of those you got to separate artists from art sometimes. And man, the 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 dude could wrestle his ass off, and everyone knows how great the British Bulldog was. Oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's get down on their championships and accomplishments. Someday I'll make a sound effect that I'll insert there. Although that seems like more work. Anyways, uh, championships and accomplishments. So they are two-time Stampede Wrestling Tag Team Champions. They are actually only one-time WWF Tag Team Champions, which I found a bit surprising. I I thought there might have been a second in there. Uh, They are the Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year 1985. They are number 14 on the Sports Illustrated Top 50, number 10 on the recent WWE Top 50, and number 5 all-time on the PWI Top 100 Tag Teams of All Time. There we go. I feel, I was like, I bet you they fare really well on the lists. <laughs> on lists. Oh. So I got worried on that WWE list. I was Once I started reading it, I was like, oh, man. I wonder if they just omit the bulldogs on this thing and then i found them and i was like oh okay thank goodness are you talking about that new list they just came out with yes okay because there's some weird teams on that list (laughs) oh it definitely is they're definitely rick flair and batista are on that list yeah it's like come on and i was like oh man as i as i'm like scrolling down through it i'm like i could you know i could see wwe uh you know when they make lists and stuff uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, other reasons into 
who they choose other than just who is the greatest tag team of all time. Like, clearly. Yeah, and that list, I believe it's very, like, WWE slash F-centric. I don't think they count, like, any... Like, if you never wrestled in WWE as that team, I don't think you were eligible for that list. Right, right. But they, they made it. They made all the lists. Uh, Observer Tag Team of the Year 85, which is I, a bit surprising. I think their title run was later than that, right? Yeah, that's early. That's when they were doing Japan stuff. Yeah, that's uh, it's probably one of those uh, like like every time we we see someone make team of the year, it's 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 the newness, the new the new hotness of it. Yes, and I believe that year was like when they had their most matches with snowflakes. So, well, all right then, that's it. So that those are championships accomplishments. I guess I thought maybe they might be a little more robust. Um. But, uh, you know, them making all of the greatest tag teams of all time lists is, uh, is you know, clearly a, a thing here. Yeah, the only one I was wondering maybe was if they had won any of those Japan tournaments, but they didn't. They, were, they, were, they always got pushed, but they never won them. They didn't. They won, like, uh, some kind of award uh, for one of the tournaments, like 84 yep. All Japan. Like, they won, like, the, the Fighting Spirit Award or whatever, but they didn't win the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's it. Let's get into what we watched. Yeah, because it's... I, I don't know what you or where you were standing. I They had more than I thought overall, but a little bit less than I thought in WWF. Does that make sense? Yes. So I... As far as my watching went, I watched a lot of WWF because that's what YouTube and Dailymotion presented to me, whereas I really wanted more of their Japan stuff. But, you know, I, I got what I got. Yeah, I was surprised that they had, they had earlier Japan stuff that I thought. And then the WWF stuff, you, it felt like it went for so long, but it was like, no, they were just a, they were just a big part of a, of a somewhat small era. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. They 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 had tag teams back then, but just kind of the same handful that you see them against a bunch of times. Exactly. It was that was that era of like they had that that group of like those probably at least ten teams. Yeah, yeah, because they would do a Survivor series, so they had at least ten teams. Oh yeah, that Survivor. I I loved that Survivor series when I was growing up with all the teams, and once one guy got eliminated, the team was gone. It is really good on like first watching but when you watch it again or you see it a few times you're like boy do they just do a lot of clubbering in between stuff <laughs> yeah i mean i believe that there's 20 people in a match yeah but that was not one of the matches i watched i'll start off i started off hot with the bulldogs versus stud and bundy from wwf in 86 then i saw them versus uh, masafuchi and tiger mask 2 which was Masawa from an All Japan in 90, a uh, Heart Foundation match from WWF in 85, a Jesse Barr and Harley Race tag match from All Japan 85, a Valentine and Beefcake from a Saturday Night's Main Event in 86, a Fantastics match from All Japan in 90, a Valentine and Beefcake from Mania 2, uh, a match versus the Islanders from I think it was at MSG in 88, a Kawada and Tiger Mask 2, which is Misawa. So that was Misawa and Kawada from an All Japan 85, a Tenru and a Jumbo Saruta from All Japan 85, a Bad News Allen and Duke Myers tag from Stampede, another Stampede match versus the Cuban Assassin and Cyclone Negro. Then, uh, oh, this is a good one. This was from 85, four and a half stars, Bulldogs versus uh, Masama Teranishi and Kuniaki Kobayashi. Then a Furnace and Crow Fat from All Japan in 89. And then a Heart Foundation from Madison Square Garden in 87. That's where I went. I got, I, got a good, I got a good pastiche. There's no way you found all those on the interwebs, right? Yeah, um, most of them. Yeah, wow. I think all of it was interweb. I didn't find a lot of that Japan stuff. I'm, 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 kind, I'm very interested in a lot of the matches you just listed because while I was going through their cage match, I remember like passing by the furnace and Crawford and being like, Oh man, 89 furnace and Crawford. Like bulldogs were still pretty, you know, they, they were, they were bigger boys, but 
they were still going. Furnace and Crawford were probably young, but it sounds fun. And Masawa Kawada, come on. Oh, dude, there was yeah, yeah. Uh, you, my searches had to get a little weird. Like I wasn't just looking up like bulldogs. I was looking up bulldogs in all Japan, bulldogs in New Japan, and then searching deep. And wait, wait, no. Oh, here, crap. I can't remember. Some dude. It, uh, literally, that's what it was. I found one YouTube account that I think had all those matches. Uh, it was wow. some guy who literally like Dynamite Kids, like basically his whole career almost, which included all the bulldog stuff. So yeah, I found probably ninety percent of that on one guy's uh, YouTube page. Interesting. All right, so here here we go. Here's mine. So I started I started hot also with them against Hoss and Jimmy Jack Funk <laughs> from WWF. Uh, went into a match against Bobby O and Rene Goulet. Uh, went on to that time limit draw with the Hart Foundation in 85. Watched them against the Islanders. I watched them against Demolition. I watched a later match of them against the Hart Foundation. I watched them against Valentine and Beefcake. I watched them against Valentine and Beefcake again. I watched them against Dean and Joe Malenko. I watched them against Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy. I think both of those were from the same 89 uh, All Japan Tag Grand Prix or whatever it was. And currently on the screen in front of me, I am watching the British Bulldogs against the Rock and Roll Express from when Worlds Collide 89. Yeah, that was the crazy part. I remember I watched all my matches and then I was like, oh, wait, there are still other ones. Like I remember I was like, oh, crap, I didn't. The, the, that's funny that you got to them. Good. Uh, I was like, oh, I didn't see the, the Malenko's one or the Rock and Roll one. So I remember I uh, growing up, Dean Malenko was one of my favorite wrestlers. So I remember when I was like, uh, I found like a comp tape with the Malenko's against the Bulldogs and I lost my mind. I was like, this has got to be the greatest match of all time. And it is. So uh, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. It's fun though. It's fun. This Rock and Roll Express match, I, I kept passing by it because it's like 35 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, it's it's go- and once you watch a bunch of bulldogs matches, you're like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I quickly learned like, oh, these are their big match spots, and these are their normal match spots. Oh yeah, and they have uh, so right from the right from the onset, like that the match against the Funks is pretty early. It's like eighty five, eighty six. And same with like the Bobby O Rene Goulet. So I went, I tried to go early first. And then after that, I was like, eh, I've already, I've seen them wrestle early. And now let's, let's see what else we got here. Yeah. Uh, I tried to make sure I got at least a little bit from every year, but yeah, I was intrigued by the early stuff because like, we know that, you know, dynamite starts breaking down. So I was like, Oh, I want to see the early stuff. Yeah, but I don't think he, like the latest stuff I saw. Like I'm watching this '89 rock and roll match. He's not broken down yet. Like I, I don't know when. I don't know when Dynamite necessarily breaks down. I, I mean, I know it's early '90s, but '89 uh, he's still good. Oh boy, oh boy. What? I think he's broken down the entire run. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, screw it. Let's get hot take. I think Dynamite's uh, pretty much uh, the worst in this in, in this tag run. Really? Okay, not the worst, but like, like, okay, we need to go back to that statement you made early. I never let the person affect the art, and it wasn't until I watched all these tag matches where I was like, oh, man, he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, you hear all the stories and then you watch him. And at times you're like, oh, yeah, I could see how wrestling him was probably a nightmare. Oh, my God. What well, are my notes? One of my notes is like, it looked like everyone in WWF didn't want to wrestle him. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. There was definitely uh, uh, big guys. Big guys didn't want to touch him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, they, didn't, they weren't going to sell for him. And like he was just gonna hit hard for no reason. Uh, I think it was the demolition match where I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> Dynamite looks like a real son of a bitch." He, like you know, he's he's a talented dude, but he it just looks like working with him was probably a nightmare. Oh, I I could get, I'll go into it. I'll pull out the pitchforks. This guy, he'll just hammer you for days, and then you give him one punch, and he's cut off. <laughs> 
You give him one sh- uh, knee to the back when he's running off the ropes. Up, oh, he's dead. But he will tattoo you for a minute beforehand. I was like, like Stud and Bundy want nothing to do with them. Uh, Davy Boy must have been a goddamn angel to all I, these teams. Uh, so I remember back in the day, uh, Art Bailey had a British Bulldogs workout tape. Yeah. And in it, they're doing. Uh, that it? I can't remember what exercise they're doing, it's but some... standing incline chest flies. Okay, yeah, I like those too. By the way, we call them. Uh, when I used to work out with Jimmy all the time, we'd call yep, them dynamites. I, the when we did it. I was going to tell the same story. Keep going. <laughs> we do dynamites, but anyways, in uh, all I remember is they it, while doing those exercises, they're like, "These are good when you're uh, getting pinned by guys." Like Stutt and Bundy. Yep, yep. This is a thousand percent the same thing Jimmy told me when he was showing me. He's like, oh, I do these. I saw uh, Dynamite do them in the video. And he's like, it's good for when you got to kick out from big guys like the Stud and Bundys. Like Stutt and Bundy. Yeah. Yep. And in that match, he gets in there and like they want nothing to do with them. They're like, tag in Davy Boy. We, we'll sell for Davy Boy. He yeah, big. But, but can I ask, how were Dynamite and Davy Boy's kickouts? I don't know. They probably didn't kick out. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite lines is, uh, so then they tag in Bundy to get some movement in the ring. <laughs> That's how lumbering Big John Stud was because they were like, crap. All right, he'll go in there. He'll lumber around for a little bit. All right, then we'll get in Bundy. We'll get some movement going, get the crowd going. I was like, that is a hilarious statement. I almost watched the Stud and Bundy match just because of that quote. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly why I watched it. I go, oh, I still do standing uh, chest flies or inclines for this. So, you know, you're able to kick out. They're, they're, they're not easy, by the way. They're, they, they're, they're a bit challenging. They, you know. Oh, it's all upper chest. I love it. It's good for you. Put some weight up with some, with some regular flies or some presses. Or, but those, those dogs will get you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like them. So uh, one thing, uh, and I noticed it early, and it kind of stretches throughout. They love just in and out, just quick tags, just just rest- So many of these matches had like just a hundred restarts. Yeah, that's because Date Dynamite didn't want to be in there too long. There's like barely a heat in almost any of them. Although, listen, when I watch them wrestle Demolition, uh, Dynamite takes a little bit of a heat, about as much of a heat as I saw in any of their matches. Yeah, no, that's the thing. He will take heat. Like, he does. Not often, but he will. But, like, the cutoff's always something super tiny. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, currently, uh, they're taking a heat on Ricky Morton. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Mustache Ricky Morton. Said no one ever when covering a Rock and Roll Express match. No one's ever said that in the annals of time. Yeah, so so even the uh, like even the Bobby O Rene Goulet match, which is essentially an enhancement talent match, it is like a back and forth match until they just win. Yeah, that's the way the style was back then. I believe, at least from watching, it was just a lot of all right, just a lot of back forth, back forth. Occasionally, there are matches that have like prolonged heats per se or control segments, but like. Yeah, a lot of that back in the day. And it's crazy just because, you know, in your mind, they're like, oh, we beat him up for two minutes, and then he just picks me up and power slams me. Now his team's putting on in control. Yeah, or we trade moves, and then Bulldog hits a power slam, and the match is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the, the Furnace and Crowfat match is good. It's really good, but then has, like, a weird ending of, like, Dynamite gets – like backdrop to the floor, then he gets suplexed in, then they switch a couple times, and he just does a German, and everyone's just standing there watching. One, two, three. Uh, yeah. But, okay, let me get to that match, because I want to talk about that. That is what big men wrestling should goddamn be, all right? When I see two big, meaty men slapping meat, guess what? I don't want to see them doing fucking moonsaults. I want to see them put each other in goddamn full Nelsons and then try and break out for like two minutes and the crowd just be living on it until eventually they can't. So they get to the ropes. Then the next guy, uh, yeah, Davy boy puts 
furnace in one, and this is young furnace, where his thighs are literally, literally, I'm not being some dumb, you know, mocking people. I mean, literally his thighs are as big as my hips. <laughs> and yeah, Davy Boy is young and all upper body. He's huge. He puts him in a full Nelson, and then you see Furnace just bear down, and you see him start trying to flex and flex and flex. And literally for like two minutes, he tries to fight. Can't do it. Puts the foot on the rope. They break. He's selling his neck big time. They tie up. Boom. Turn around. He puts Davy in a full Nelson. Davy sells it for two minutes. He can't get out. Has to put foot on the ropes. That's what I want. I'm sorry, Keith Lee and Donovan Dijek. Uh, that's what I want. And the crowd was going nuts. And then they did like shoulder tackles and neither one sold. And then they just tagged out and the crowd was going bonkers. Uh, I feel like at a, so I, a, I agree with you. B, I feel like there should have been some like back in my day, old timey music playing over your rant there. <laughs> no, but like, I was just like, as I'm watching it, I'm going nuts watching these full Nelsons. And then like the spots done, like they just run into each other. Nothing, neither budges. And they just tag out. And I go, that was so much better than seeing like dudes doing moonsaults at their size. Yeah. Uh, speaking of size, uh, I mean, at a point, uh, you know, Dynamite is always littler, but he's not that much smaller than Davey. It depends on the time, but yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it's just weird because they, because Dynamite obviously fluctuated, and then Davey was more like just slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because he was so much younger when he first started. Yeah, right. So, but at a point, I think in that Malenko's match, and that's 89, I, uh, you know, from the whatever, the, the footage was pretty good, but in some of the, the, the shots, I was like, I'm not even sure which one's which because they're so, they're both gigantic. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were definitely times where both were gigantic. And it, once, it was just, that was also something fun watching, was the multiple sizes of Dynamite you would get. Because Davey was always big, you know what I mean? And then Dynamite fluctuated depending how much steroids he was on. We've all read the books and yeah. saw the videos. <laughs> and like, but, you know, uh, so Davey Boy's the power but also can do like, you know, his front handsprings and his, his, uh -huh. his wacky athletic things. But Dynamite was always thought of as being like the junior. He was like the smaller guy. He was the, the, the guy who could move, I guess, of the team, or at least in theory. But, man, you, you watch this and you're like, I don't know, man. Dynamite's just as big as Davey in some of these, and Davey's actually the more athletic one and the stronger one. That's what I'm talking about. Dynamite Kid, his entire Bulldogs run, was already broke down. He wasn't crippled or hobbled like he'd become, but he definitely he definitely was not the Dynamite Kid. He was in 82, 83, or 84. Sure, sure. sure. I, I, I can agree with that. Or, or even, if, even if it's not because he's broken down, maybe it's just because he was just crotchety and whatever by 85 86 yeah man that's the thing that's why Davey comes off looking a lot more athletic at times because he's young feeling spry whereas dynamite is not it just it's just it's a sad truth and like he's lucky that he got the respect for the destruction he did to himself because I just don't see like if if the locker room didn't respect him so much, he probably would, it would have been twice the terror. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, I feel like he gets away with, you know, not doing much and seemingly wrestling like a crotchety old guy. But you're like, well, this guy was like the most dynamic wrestler like two years ago. Right. Right. Sure. No, I, I, I totally like, get that. It's crazy. He got the credibility for destroying his body. Cause if he didn't, it would have been so bad for him. Well, right, and then, like, I don't know, uh, I guess, since we're talking about it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, this Bulldogs run is what uh, a lot of people, I mean, people know him for the Tiger Mask stuff, but, you know, the, the Bulldog stuff is his most mainstream, I suppose. But, yes. uh, you know, people, you know, once you watch one of those Tiger Mask matches, you're like, holy crap, how was this guy not one of the biggest wrestling stars 
you know, at the time or of all time. And then you hear all the stories and then you watch them as bulldog stuff and you're like, Oh yeah, I guess he was probably a nightmare. Yeah, man. Like, and that's the thing in my head. It's just crazy that Davy boy is the powerhouse, but is put in this weird position where he needs to be the super malleable bendable one. Cause his partner ain't bending for nobody. So if someone's going to be the one to appease, it's got to be Davy Boy. And he's lucky that he did have a young tag partner to play that role. Like if he was teaming with another him, it probably would have been a super nightmare. Oh, my God. <laughs> super nightmare is right. Uh, in that Malenko's match, I remember like Dean would always work with Davy Boy and Joe would work with uh, dynamite and I was getting like irritated like where's the I want to see dynamite kid and Dean Malenko go at it you know what I'm saying like in in theory that would rule but then you know you think about it and you're like oh I bet you you know Dean wanted needed, to work with Davey <laughs> he needed the shooter shooter with dynamite man uh so someday when we cover the Malinkos, which I'm very excited for, I want I want full 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 get on Joe Malenko. I want I want to know so much more about Joe Malenko. I know, right? He's so intriguing because you're like, dude, you're awesome, but you just disappeared. You let your brother have it all. He's awesome, but only at certain things. There's certain things where you're like, what is it? Does he even know what he's doing? But then you're like, oh, but then he does something super dope, and you're like, oh, never mind. But then like he's got like one of the worst lockups you ever saw in your life, and you're like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're they're weird, those Malenko boys. So uh, but we're not talking about the Malenkos, we're talking about the British Bulldogs cheat. This match is broken down, by the way. This rock and roll express match, it is. <laughs> It is broken. Oh, we are at the 33 minute. We only got a minute. Oh, no, it's time limit draw. Time limit draw. It's over. Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, one of the matches, uh, the match where it was Bulldogs versus uh, Jesse Barr and Harley Race, uh, I was mad because it's an 85, and I won't get into it, but one day I would like to talk about the gene exploitation of white American wrestlers in Japan in 85 and being categorized as nothing but barbaric monsters. Because anytime you get two teams of foreigners, oh no, they can't have a finish in their match. It has to be a double DQ and they have to clap, scratch and claw at each other all the way to the back because they're just uncivilized. Oh yeah, we, we've run into that before. No, I know. Nobody wants to talk about it, but I was like, oh, we can't talk about the, the, the gaijin exploitation. <laughs> is it gaijin exploitation or is it that they don't want to like... No, no, that's all they see Americans as. They're big, crazy monster cowboys who can't be civilized. And if they wrestle another cowboy, there's no way there could ever be a finish. There has to be a count out and a double DQ and they have to attack a ref and pour other little Japanese men along the way because they're just barbaric. Well, all that stuff is true. They barely can speak. They, you know, they just chew tobacco and they say "huss" and they they carry metal things and whip things at people. They're just horrible people. Well, uh, nineteen eighty-five kind of had us pegged by the <laughs> us Americans. They really, they really well, had us pegged. I think booking, yes. But I mean, like, no offense, Harley Race ain't that type of guy. Jesse Barr ain't that type of guy. But oh no, they had a tag match versus other foreigners, and it was just, oh, they just had to scratch and claw at each other like wild animals. Yeah. I mean, that's you know what you're going to get. It was less barbaric. The Islanders. Who would take headbutts from British Bulldogs? No problem. Well, they're British. That, was, that was part of their shtick. No, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Japan's doing gaijin exploitation, whereas here in America, we still haven't gotten to the trope of, oh, Islanders have hard heads. Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it when I was watching it. I just clicked on uh, uh, British Bulldogs against Hanson and DiBiase. And for the record, I don't know what year this is because it doesn't say. It's got to be early because it's DiBiase and, and Hanson. Uh, yep. Dynamite bigger than Davy Boy, 100%. Uh, okay, so you say it had to be weird and early. If I'm remembering right, because this stuck out to me, like Hanson and DiBiase team for like four years. Oh, I just, I just know it's got to in my head. It's bef it's pre him getting to uh, WWF. 
Yeah, no, no. And I don't think it was a full four years, but like on and off, they team that I remember seeing it somewhere, or maybe I'm completely wrong, but I saw it somewhere. I was like, get out of town. I thought maybe it was like a year or two in between things, but all right, if it was that long, maybe. Doing some cow. He's got the chaps on. And oh, Dynamite, yeah. Di- Dynamite Kid, definitely bigger than Davy Boy here. Uh, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that had to be early because once again, like we said, Literally, if you go back and look at the footage, there is footage of like 130 pound Davy Boy Smith wrestling in England. Oh yeah, with like a, a weird top. Yeah, so, and it's, you're just like, so you've literally seen this man put on a hundred pound or a hundred. He's he's doubled in size before our eyes. Yeah, that rhymed. Double, double, doubled plus a little, I would say. Uh, do you, uh, so the British Bulldogs in a lot of these matches are the only ones throwing double teams. Uh, did that stick out to you at all? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was the thing. Like, one of the big reasons they were super over is because they had the cool moves. Yeah, uh, like uh, they would always finish. Like, I, I I found it interesting the way they would finish matches because, like we were talking earlier, sometimes Bulldog would just hit that power slam and it'd be over, or sometimes Dynamite would just hit that headbutt and it'd be over, or sometimes it was a combination of some things. Uh, like the off the shoulders into the headbutt was for that time insane bonkers still bonkers still bonkers you know what i'm saying if someone threw that tomorrow i'd be like man that's nuts yeah that's the thing they were yeah they were one of the few teams that actually had double teams even though they weren't like super like signature moves but like they always had some sort of cool combo if nothing else no yeah and they were trying things it seemed at times you know it's at times, maybe that's all it was. They were just like, oh, this sounds like it could be cool, but it was cool. Okay, and like we had mentioned earlier, we'll get to it now, uh, things I noticed about their matches was, okay, they had normal match stuff, but like definitely in Japan, if it was like, oh, if we're going to be a big match, uh, that means there's going to be way more gorilla presses, and Davy Boy will gorilla press one opponent onto the other opponents on the floor. That would That was like their big match spot. Somehow, yada, 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 gorilla press one to the floor and then gorilla press the other on top of them. It was, and it was nuts because these boys weren't small. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, in the Dean and Joe Malenko match, so it's one of those matches they just kind of go back and forth for 20 minutes. And then it, but it picks up at the end and it's got a, it's got a solid, fun back half. I say back half, but it's like back eighth. Uh, but, at one point, and they don't pull it off, and I'm curious if in any of the Japan matches you watched, if they do pull this spot off, uh, Dynamite or uh, Bulldog presses Dynamite to splash Dynamite down on Joe Malenko. But while he has Dynamite up, Dean drop kicks Bulldog, and it looks like they try to do both bulldogs tumble over the top rope from the press slam position, but only dynamite goes Davey only makes it halfway and then kind of makes the bail. But I was like, that is a nasty idea and I love it. And I wonder if they ever pulled it off. No, I did not see that. That's just crazy for everyone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like bulldog kind of tries to, to he kind of takes the drop kick and almost tries to like, put dynamite down on his upper half to like elevate himself over the top rope. But like he's got to get that for half over the top rope, which you can't with your arms up. I know it's, and he tries his damnedest and I was like, Oh, and he doesn't do it. And I was like, man, I wonder if they ever pulled that off because that's not, it's, it's a great idea in theory. It would only work on a guy like Kane who's tall enough, but yeah, right. Right. But that's like just another thing. Like, that's a that's a nuts idea for now, and they were pulling it. They were trying to pull it in the eighties. Okay, which brings me to like I said, I think the reason they won in eighty five is because one of the matches I saw was the the highest one they had. The four and a half stars was the Tiranishi Kobayashi uh, match from eighty five. And okay, here's the best part: it gets all the snowflakes. It, you know why? It's basically a spot match. It's a spot fest, and they just have. Super cool boost for the time. Yeah. Uh, but, but like literally, and like that's what, that's kind of what Dynamite Kid made his reputation on, right? Like watch uh, those Tiger Mask matches and tell someone they're from 82 or 81. And they'll be like, no fucking way because I haven't seen some of these spots ever, let alone in the 80s. 
Yeah, so. no, this stuff's crazy. I'm looking now. It's I, I'm trying to look at what I, all the craziness they did. But uh, one of my favorites is we talked. You had mentioned it earlier. I love it when Davy Boy does his uh, little guy stuff. Like he does a Mexican surfboard. I was like, that's crazy for a man his size. It's crazy for a man his size, and it's crazy for 84, 85, or whenever he was doing it. Yeah, that he's doing front nip ups. It's it's crazy. And the only thing that makes the the match great is because the Terranishi and Kobayashi are also doing like the craziest stuff they can do. Like any crazy move they've ever thought of, they throw it at the wall and it works. And the crowd's just like, "What are we watching?" By the way, this uh, Hanson and DiBiase match against the Bulldogs is a lot of fun randomly. They are moving. The, it doesn't stop. It is just stuff, stuff, stuff. It's like get hit, tag out, your partner comes in, he works with the next guy, and then it's just keep rolling. It's wild. Okay, here's a spot that I lo- I, I wrote down that Kobayashi and Terranishi hit. You know the move that, like, the other teams have done it, but, like, machine guns do it. I have one guy in a Death Valley driver, and then, like, you come off with a knee drop to the back of his head, and then I give him a Death Valley driver. That was done in this match in 1985. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, like, I don't know. So we were, we were kind of dogging the Dynamite Kid, but do you think, because, uh, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of Dynamite Kid's thing. Like, he was... He was so before his time, uh, and while he may have been a, may have been a nightmare to work with, uh, do you feel like a lot of this stuff probably comes from the Dynamite Kid? Probably, just because obviously you could tell from his style before he was in a tag team that he was like, oh, don't know, the crazier the better. Yeah, right, right. So some of these, and Davey was young, so it was probably just like, yeah, I'll do it, screw it. Yeah, they do crazy stuff, and but that was that's the thing, and it's funny because I was like, oh, you know, what I mean, we're not too different if we're in like, oh, match, we want this match to be crazy. You pull out the crazy stuff, and they definitely did that, and the crowd just ate it up. That's the thing. The other thing that really helped them, you didn't get to see the Japan matches, but even like I said, even watching this run of the tag team where Dynamite's, I would say, broken down. Anything he does, the crowd just eats up because they were like, no, 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 we saw you two years ago. We know your clotheslines are vicious. So even if he does one that doesn't even look that good, they're like, oh, if he does a snap suplex, even if it's crappy and the guy slips or whatever, they're still like, oh, they pop for everything. No, but uh, yeah, in that uh, the Dean and Joe Malenko match, I keep going back to because I I really enjoy, you know, I I watched back in the day. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It. Like the second Dynamite Kid gets tagged in, there's a pop. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he has so much credibility from his 81 to like 84 run in Japan that, yeah, no matter what he does, the crowd eats it up. Which brings me to, funny enough, there was a clip online. If you go to my Twitter, I liked it. There's a clip of Dynamite giving, uh, oh, it might have been the Furnace and Crowfat match where, or Furnace, yeah, it was Furnace and Crowfat at that time. He gives one of them, uh, a big superplex and then sells his neck huge and tags out. There, there, there was nothing there. I was just like, Oh, he just wanted to like, yes, it's great selling. But to me, I was just like, Oh, it's dynamite being lazy again. <laughs> you, he hit a move. and was like, Oh no, I got to tag out. I hit a move. You, you really, you really, uh, well, it's because you know what I realized in watching it, I never just watched his tag matches. If I watched his stuff, I'd watch singles, tags, some six mans. Uh, I'd probably watch the Royal Rumble or the the Survivor Series with the ten teams, and in short bits like that. And when he's a single star in '81, and he's going balls to the wall, and now you see him here doing like, oh, hit a move, tag out, get tagged back in, doesn't take heat. I'm just like, oh, come on, where is you know the psycho who's going to do a headbutt off the top to the floor? Yeah, yeah, he loves those headbutts, man. Oh, definitely. And like, there were matches in here where he looks good and participates more than others, but like. I hate to say it. I watched 15 matches, and none of them was. did I see the dynamite, the singles dynamite that I was super-duper impressed with. You know what I mean? If, he did, if I didn't see that and know that ahead of time, I'd probably say he was great. But it's just knowing that like he wasn't that psycho anymore. Yeah, and knowing uh, – there, there is probably a, uh, an aspect of that of knowing – A, knowing what he was – and be a little bit of knowing a little bit too much uh, 
you know, behind the, behind the scenes, a little bit behind the curtain on the dynamite kid, uh, you know, like I well, said, without, I can't, I can't blame him because I actually, you know, I mean, I'm not just a fan. I've taken these bumps. He's done. Like, if I did that, I'd be way more broken down. I'd do a hundred times worse. I'd do a thousand percent less than he does. So I have no place to like judge like that. I'm just saying, yes, from a fan's eyes, but as a wrestler who's done those things, I 1000% get it. Like the things he did to his body in those early eighties are beyond ridiculous. And he even talks about, it. like you said, we do know, I, you know, I've, I've read the book, I've got all the DVDs, blah, blah, blah. So I know how much it did affect him. I mean, come on, the guy was in a wheelchair. Right, right, for sure. And and once again, knowing... You know, uh, it's just tough. You know what I mean? I don't want to like sit here and dog the guy, even though I'm totally dogging the guy. But they're the bulldogs. It's okay, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know. So uh, I, I, I do wonder if we didn't have that prior knowledge of Dynamite being like kind of a trash dude. Uh, I wonder if in watching these matches if we would still notice that he looks like a nightmare to work with because he does look like a nightmare to work with. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, early on, I noticed that it wasn't until the accumulation of watching all these matches that it kind of recontextualized all the interviews. Cause I don't know. I just thought he was a, I thought he was a hard man from England. And you know what I mean? I had been to England. I went there for a month. I saw a lot of hard men. So I was just like, okay, he's a hard dude. But then I watched then I watched his wrestling and you know the way seemingly he was somewhat selfish ish I guess it sort of recontextualized all that stuff and I was like oh man maybe he just was really just a mean old curmudgeonly guy like I never really held that against him I was able to keep it separate but somehow watching all this and him you know being broken down uh made me rethink about stuff Yeah no uh, I agree I agree uh, so, yeah, I guess it's a little unfair because, yeah, we bring in a lot more baggage to this tag team than we do others. A little bit. Yeah, sure. I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I, I'm curious if if in doing this exercise without that knowledge, if if we would come out with the same opinion. I'm, I'm sure we come out with a little bit of the same opinion, but I think it would be a little skewed. Like we would give him a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt as opposed to being like, no, no, no. We know. <laughs> Listen, we know too much. Uh, he's this way because he's this way. Yeah. All right, so after we dogged the Dynamite Kid... Oh, one more thing about the Dynamite Kid before we get into what made them great. <laughs> okay, go for it. Those little short uh, falling headbutts, do you think he was working those all the time, or do you definitely think he was headbutting guys in the face? Uh, I think it depended, A, what mood he was in and if he liked you. Man, because some of those things are... I, I watch them, and I'm like, man, if he isn't headbutting that guy in the face he's the best worker who's ever lived because it okay. looks definitely like he goes face to forehead with another human oh, yeah okay. some something else that made me rethink it too was recently it was on the network it was stone cold broken skull sessions with mick foley and he talks about how he wrestled dynamite and dynamite broke his jaw and his jaw has basically been messed up ever since or yeah and uh you watch it and it's like yeah, it's a clothesline. Yeah, it's hiding in the face, but it doesn't look like it's super dangerous. And I was like, that's how powerful he is. Even just even like a short little one will break your jaw. And I'm just like, that's just not cool, man. <laughs> like, I would be so mad if I was wrestling a guy and he just broke my jaw. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. So after uh, dogging the Dynamite Kid for the last, uh, uh, by my count, 46 minutes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But uh, what, because uh, they are, uh, you know, inarguably great. So what made the British Bulldogs so great? That's the thing. All that said, I still consider them one of the greatest tag teams. Why? Uh, simple, simply put, the word that kept coming back to me is they were cutting edge. Like, like Dynamite's whole, ki whole basically career was, because he was doing stuff way ahead of his time. But, like, he was doing crazy stuff in singles. And then, you know not as crazy but he still brought his creativity to the tag team like they were yeah cutting edge that's that's all i could i could sum it up with those two words yeah no i, I agree like it, it's crazy to think that like we we did the lucha bros last week and we we went to to uh, the british bulldogs this week which uh, seemingly are two teams 
from different parts of the world, from different eras with almost zero in common. But I found them to have so much in common. Yeah, no, once again, you've got literally Phoenix and Dynamite Kid, very comparable because right now Phoenix probably the most insane wrestler out there. Dynamite in his time, the most insane wrestler out there. Then you got Davy Boy and Penta, who are just bigger. Davy was just bigger than everybody, so he came off bigger than life. Penta just has that crazy getup. He comes. You can't. He, there's no one can argue. He doesn't jump off the page. Right. And and uh, wh- what did we keep saying? What do we keep going back to with the the Lucha Bros? They might be the most inventive creative team you've ever seen and for the time for the mid 80s the british bulldogs were that were exactly that and like once again there's some of those matches where they're the only ones even doing double team moves period and some double team moves and some double team stuff that still to this day you'd be like oh yeah that's that's a that's a finish or oh yeah that's that's cool yeah i mean maybe it's a little late to bring up now but we didn't, we, I don't know how we glossed it over, but like, that's why they mesh so well with the Hart Foundation, another top level team from that era, because they were both wrestler wrestlers. Brett was the only one who'd be like, all right, I'll actually deal with this dynamite motherfucker and let's fucking go. And well, once again, on. same kind of motif. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, and, and if you want to compare, it's like, it's like the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. They're, so they work well with the guys who they, know well and and like and get along with so they don't have to put up with the answer other that comes with working with the dynamite kid you know the heart foundation are guys who the british bulldogs knew so naturally they're not gonna you know they probably wouldn't have to put up with as much of dynamite kids shenanigans as say the rujos <laughs> something that just struck me was you know having personal experience uh, while stylistically in the ring, uh, Penta and Phoenix mesh same with Dynamite and Davy. Behind the scenes, I'm gonna say Penta's got a little more Dynamite Kid in him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's a, like, like I was saying, like, you know, uh, they uh, once yeah, again, no, like, they all mesh. They all mesh. I really dig the idea of like, did you just compare? Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros to Heart Foundation and Bulldogs, and I dig it. 100%. 100%. You heard that, folks. Put on wax. Colin said it. It's, an e- it's, it's, not, it's not that far-fetched. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, an, it's easy to get to. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it. I don't know. It just, it's just the way you said it. I was like, oh, wow, that is such a cool comparison. Yeah. So that, and, but the, because the things that make these, those teams great are, are kind, of, kind of similar. The things that make them great and the things that make them, you know, uh, not so to a point are, are pretty similar. They ride a similar line. Now, Cheech, this, <laughs> here we go. How the fuck would we defeat the British Bulldogs? Okay. My first note was befriend Davy boy. <laughs> okay. And then literally, because we're talking about the Bulldogs, and like I said, in my opinion, Dynamite's lost a step. I say we just fight him. <laughs> no, no, God, no. That is the worst. That it has to be your worst take on, on, in 55 episodes of doing this. That has to be your worst take. What? There's two of us. There's one of them. I don't. There could be eight of us. I ain't fighting the Dynamite Kid. I, I promise you I'm not fighting the Dynamite Kid. All right, fine. Then we just keep. Uh, okay, then here's how we win. We have to be real political backstage and be like, you know, we wouldn't want to get you in because we wouldn't want we wouldn't want to make you look small, and we wouldn't want to explore. I think we should save you for isolated bursts, and you know, we'll keep it real simple. You know, what I mean, we'd have to we'd have to wine them and dine them. We'd have to like buy them like a, a twelve pack beforehand. Here's what we do. Ready for this? We wrestle them in Japan where we are American savages in 85. Okay. And, uh, and it goes, it breaks down, and we have to brawl them back. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All Japan, real world tag league, 86. And we'll be like, listen, it's, it's got to be a double count. We, both, we, we don't want to get two points on the board. We could both settle for one. So we'll go, we'll go double count. 
I promise you, I can't come up with a way that we would beat this team. And by the way, uh, knowing you, man, I do not want to see you try and call a match with a dynamite kid. Oh, hush. But, okay, <laughs> here's our saving grace. Here's our saving grace. I'm pretty sure I saw a 20-minute time limit draw with them versus Beefcake and Valentine. So if Beefcake and Valentine can survive, so can we. When he comes with that 100-mile-per-hour clothesline, I will be like Greg Valentine and still take the timber bump. Well, uh, so uh, on the real, if I can give you, if I can give you one. Uh, so they like to do back forth, back forth, and then kind of the finish. A lot of times would come out of nowhere, right? Yes. We just have to beat them to the punch. Uh, we have to, we have to get them before they're ready. We have to, you know what I'm saying? We have to end that back and forth with something big before they can. I think that would be the way we'd beat them on a legitimate basis. Okay, that's the way the Fantastics went at it. The Fantastics just kept hitting double teams and double teams and double teams. Yeah, you gotta you gotta beat them to the punch because they like to. I feel like they are they were two guys who just like to wrestle. So like these, that's why these matches go twenty minutes because you're gonna go twenty minutes because they're just gonna be having fun, just going back and forth and just wrestling and doing whatever they do. But then eventually they would end the match because they would hit their thing. <coughs> we just have to be the ones. <coughs> Who hit the thing before they do? I got you. I got you. So we cut them off at the pass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I dig it. All right, and that's it, man. That's the British Bulldogs. The first time we have repeated a wrestler in 55 episodes. I can't believe it. You hear that? For wherever we are. You hear that, Davy Boy? Big shout out to Davy Boy. Little known fact: super tag worker. We're unveiling it. We're showing it to the world. Let it be known. He's awesome, both with Day, both with Dynamite and with Owen. I feel like Owen was his uh, was his reward for dealing with Dynamite. I don't know. You know my feelings on Owen, but I'm just saying. I mean, as a as a as a personality to deal with, to go from curmudgeonly, oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah. business, come on. Yeah, no, it must have been a, a dream to to do. Um, but uh, but once again, like we covered two bulldog teams. And I think you can say Bulldog is the, you know, the catalyst that that would make these teams great, to at least to a degree. Oh, yeah, because, dude, he's so athletic. Like I said, I love when he does little man stuff. Once again, he's super cutting edge. Like, because once again, like you said, we've seen him wrestle when he was 130 pounds all the way to probably 260, if not more. So, like, he still brought some of that 130-pound stuff with him, which is just insane when you, like, literally the front nip-up always blows my mind because I am closer to the 130. I can't do it the way he does. I had to do a little more back of the neck. But, like, yeah, his stuff's crazy. I can do it, but there are times where I I, I mess it up. It's not 100% yeah, for never, me. <laughs> never do it as smooth as he, he does it. Dude, he's doing it even – he does it in, like, a, the match he has with Regal in WCW. So we're talking even years later, and he still does front nip up, and I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, the British Bulldog, man. He's the first one I actually saw do the – what is probably more commonly known as the, uh, the Ultimo Dragon backdrop reversal. The one we almost what? like cartwheel over the guy's back or whatever. You like do like a round off oh, yeah. in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was one of the spots in that spot match that they had where they were both exchanged monkey flips onto the feet. Yeah, British Bulldog is one of the first guys I ever saw do that in my life. Yeah, and he was doing it when he could bench press 500 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and he was doing it at, at 270. But now. So that's, <laughs> that's the British Bulldogs, guys. And, and shout out to. Straight up, the British Bulldog on this because he's the first guy we covered twice, and and in in man, what a, what a crazy talent! What a what a crazy talent that we were like blessed with being able to see in multiple eras, in multiple situations, in multiple teams. Just yeah, the British Bulldog, man, no joke. Yeah, shout out to British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. All right, well. Another one down, another one in the book skis. So ne- tune in next week for uh, Batista and Ric Flair, who are on this <laughs> WWE list for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be a super long one, guys. Super, We're going to go super in-depth on Evolution. Baffling.
baffling. I, I started scrolling and I was like, oh, maybe they're not on this list because Batista and Ric Flair and like Jericho and Big Show, I think, are on there too. And it's like, what's going on? Yeah, Street Profits are on there too. And it's like, really? What happens? What goes, what goes on in here? Anyways, yeah. anyways, WF list, pretty wacky, pretty wild. <laughs> okay, here's what I say. Here's what I say. If you stuck here all the way to the end of all this rambling, guess what? I'm calling it now as a, as a, as a, I don't know, an, an attack on their crappy list. We are not going to cover a WWF tag team next week. We don't know wow. who, but it will not be someone on that list. Interesting. I'm That's with right. you. I, I'll, I'll put a little, I'll put a little thought into it. We just did. We, I mean, we just dipped back into the eighties. So maybe we go, uh, we dip into the nineties. Maybe we see what's, what's up in the, in the nineties here. Someone, uh, non, non WWF with their, with their crappy list. Yeah. I don't know who, but it will, they will not have been on that list. All right. Definitely. <laughs> definitely not on the WWF WWE top 50 list. You heard it here first. Next week, we will cover that team who's not on that list. And until then, adios. Uh